Welcome to Divine Throughline. I'm Ma Ananda Srimati, sometimes known as Julie Pyatt, and I'm here to introduce this week's episode where I welcome my son, Tyler Pyatt, to share a song with us and also his unique perspective on creating music and art and processing emotions in his own life. This is a conversation between mother and son and fellow musicians. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Namaste. Inside my head. All right, cool. So yeah, the song is called Waiting Up. It's very old, but my mom likes it, so I'm gonna play it.
are of no use to me the best of nights when no one else is away to bother Take it easy Breathe it out For the ghosts that keep my company so extraordinarily beautiful. I have always loved and adored that song. I have hung on every single note and every single word every single time you've played it. And you don't really play it that often. I've, I've begged you for it a few times over the years. <laughs> so anyway, very, very, very beautiful, extraordinary, really, in every way. So thank you so much for agreeing to share it. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. So, um, uh, when did you write that song? Can you can you tell me a little bit about it, like the process of it, it coming to you and, and where it came to you and how old you were and all that? Yeah, I, I um, it was, I think I actually wrote it the first night that we got to Hawaii um, when we were coming, I think it was Ultraman, it was... Was it 2011? Was that the last one you did? It was when Rich DNF, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and yeah, we yeah. were staying in that house in Javi. Yeah, in Javi. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So was that the Big night. Island? Yeah. I went out and played guitar um, just outside like the little farmhouse in the garden. And um, yeah, it was amazing because in Hawaii, there's not a lot of light pollution, so you can see all the stars. So that was really cool. And um, yeah, I don't know. I was experimenting with different tunings at that time and... Um, yeah, I just kind of had my guitar in the right spot, and it all it all just kind of came together. I don't know. It's when I write, it's never like I didn't like consciously sit down to like write about anything. Um, I think I think I kind of more just like identified, you know, a feeling, and I I definitely used some details just about kind of where I was, and that it was really it was really pretty late. I think everyone was asleep. Or going to sleep. <laughs> That's um, the title. Waiting up. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean that could mean everything that you want it to. Mm. But um but yeah, so which is interesting cuz that cuz now I don't now I go to bed pretty early and and get up early. Um so yeah, it was just interesting just for whatever reason at that time I was I was taking the nights to kind of just play guitar and I was doing a lot of soul searching cuz I just um just started homeschooling and kind of left public school mm -hmm. for various reasons and was kind of sort of emotionally trying to figure out what was going on and who I was. So yeah, I think I had just been taking the, that time um, just at that point in my life. So yeah, wrote it that first night. And I mean, it's pretty impressionistic though. Like, uh, you know, you kind of just sort of identify a feeling and um, definitely early on, I, you know, and I'm sure, and this has always been like built in, but I was really influenced by um, a lot of like England's Renaissance and Restoration era poetry mm -hmm. that, that I'd been reading. And so I think I just was kind of enjoying taking like a feeling and a couple details and then finding kind of creative language to sort of, you know, paint that or illustrate that along with the music, mm -hmm. um, which is still something I try to do. So beautifully done, I will, will say. No. Thanks. <laughs> I can't really tell, but. Um, um, and so how were, what were some of those poets that you were? Oh, poets. Do you know? Like, yeah, which yeah, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm a really big Shelley fan, Percy Bysshe Shelley, and mm -hmm. Mary, too. Um, uh, ben Johnson, um, uh, Robert Browning. Uh, I mean, Wordsworth and, and uh, Coleridge, of course. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and yeah, I, I definitely have, I kind of have like an ongoing list of like poets that I really like. But yeah, I was just, I was really enjoying the language. And so how old were you when we were there? I can, sorry, but my... Like 15 or 16? 16, wrote, I think. wrote that song when you were 15 or 16. 16, I think. Yeah, yeah that's pretty insane. <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, so how was it for you just um, to have, to be able to create at that level at that age? And like, what did your creativity represent for you and and how was it to have that as an outlet and how do you think it affected your development oh i mean it was it was everything it was yeah it was you know it was a life a lifeline maybe literally i mean it was it was uh yeah it was the total it was the total thing that gave me purpose and direction and and grounding and um yeah just just something where i you know, kind of just a medium of just really being creative in general. I mean, I would write a lot to just, just like poetry or, or something during that time. That sounds super pretentious, but, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, it was everything to be able to take your feelings and your life experience and put it into words, um, and use, use language and melody and rhythm to kind of make something beautiful out of it. It sort of like changes your associations with memory sometimes because something really painful, if you make something really beautiful out of it, mm. that sort of will, I don't know, take its place or just sit, you know, kind of sit in that spatial location in your mind or in your heart. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think I could even, yeah, in, an incalculable effect <laughs> for mm -hmm. sure. That's um, amazing. Hugely well. impactful did an amazing job expressing that. And so in a way, so it's a way to 
have a certain perception about whatever occurs in your life. When you said you can create something out of it, it's like you can choose to uh, pick a certain perception and a certain way to a certain lens to view it, to view it through. And certainly with creativity and creating music, you can, you can always channel those feelings into a beautiful song, you know, or meaningful song. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or whatever, you know, or a drawing or, um, or a film or a photograph, you know, it doesn't really matter or, you know, a dance or or something, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's not, it doesn't need to be specific. I mean, for me, it's music just because, you know, I think because that's sort of, you know, just kind of a language and a vocabulary I've been working with for so long since I was really young and it just makes sense to me and it's easy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I even just love like the word part of it. I, I always kind of had it in my mind that I would want to study poetry later in life, but, um, you know, just because I, I just so adore the the language. Um, and, yeah, being able to, you know, kind of be verbose and <laughs> dexterous mm-hmm. verbally mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, and, and in a literary way. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, uh, I think whatever that is for each person, yeah, it's a really, really key part of just kind of being able to I don't know, articulate or interpret things that aren't quantifiable. Mm-hmm. You can't, I mean, you know, there's no like, there's no linear way to deal with motion. It's, it's, um, it's too, it's too nebulous and without form, you know, so you kind of have to like meet it halfway. I feel like you have to kind of enter the realm of formlessness and, and then kind of, you know, make something with it, you know, instead of trying to like, I don't know, analyze or quantify. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's, you know, and music too, music is so not, I mean, at least in my, in my case, it's so not, uh, you know, I'm never like rationalizing everything. It just kind of happens, you know, Mm -hmm. at least in the writing stage. And then, you know, if I'm producing something, then that's the time to, you know, really, look at you know pulling it into you know shape and kind of molding it to you know just be appropriate for whatever the scope of your project is but at least in the writing stage like I I never I never you know never like thinking critically about anything mm-hmm. usually you know maybe I'm trying to find a nice nice way to say something but it's usually pretty free and open and I like to keep it that way and then, and then sift through it later in a different state of mind. But I think when you're dealing with emotion, you have to, you know, you have to be, be emotional and not Mm -hmm. rational. Yeah. Sometimes at least, you know, at least for me when I was writing that song and others. Yeah. It's amazing. And so you're in, you're at a very, very exciting stage of your life right now. You are on the cusp of recording your own, uh, solo project, actually band project. And, um, and I, I understand this song is not part of that project, right? At this point. Um, we just haven't, I mean, we've jammed it. We just haven't, it's not immediately. Right. But it could be. Could be. Yeah. We'll just have to see. I vote for it. I just want you to know, vote for it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but I... anyway, so, so tell me a little bit about your process and about like, um, you know, where are you with that? I know a lot of people have been asking where they can hear your music and, you know, I'm going to post this and still no one can hear you anywhere because you've, you've kept you've intentionally kept out of social media and kept out of, um, you know, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, 
um, and you've really, really just focused on developing your craft and developing what you want to express. And now you're beginning to step into that. So take me through a little bit about where you are right now and, and what are the songs you're working on and who are you working with and all that? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the, I think like the reason for, you know, I, I definitely have avoided social media just on a personal level, uh, because I was finding that it was making me feel very, um, self-judgmental and self-conscious. Mm-hmm. And, um, there are actually studies that show that like heavy Facebook use makes you more depressed and mm-hmm. all this type of stuff because you're constantly comparing yourself against, you know, sort of a glamorized version of everyone else's life. So I just, I just didn't want that personally. I have no aversion to it, you know, in terms of, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't begrudge anyone who, who uses it. It's obviously a big part of, you know, the way people do business now. So I, you know, I'm not naive about that. Um, I guess just the reason why people can't hear the music is because there's, we haven't made the music yet. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we've been obviously rehearsing for a long time and playing, but until you kind of commit something and execute, <laughs> it doesn't really, hasn't landed yet. So we just, we've been, you know, we've taken kind of the long way around to do that step in terms of inheriting a lot of responsibilities that usually get passed off to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, technically speaking, Right. And, and so be specific about that a little bit. Like, you know, just in terms of recording and producing ourselves and, um, you know, just just inheriting a lot of the, you know, just a lot of the kind of the back end behind the scenes production aspect, you know, of that. And that's taken a long time. Also, just just like the personal journey of, um, you know, because there are my my cousin Harrison and I are the two songwriters for the moment in the band and uh you know just deciding cuz you know it's been one project and then separate and then and then one project again and then separate and then now one project again so mm-hmm. just letting that whole flow happen and then you know watching the change in how I felt about kind of my approach to it has has really like taken the longest I feel like um so I'm I'm definitely glad that you know we've had the time for it to all kind of settle how it has i'm definitely very anxious to get started mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean the project as it stands now so it's it's my cousin harrison mathis and i um our songs and then we have our our brother trapper on drums and our friend dylan on bass and guitar so um yeah it's it's kind of like a combination of of us it's diff it's definitely different than you know how each of our solo projects would be it's a lot i mean for me i you know i think if i was kind of on my own it sort of takes on a little bit more of like a not serious but just a little more of like a solemn tone sometimes and definitely um you know not quite as bright whereas with harrison it's kind of fun to sort of you know meet in the middle a little bit and and kind of have this version of myself and and you know i at least to me like this music is really colorful and organic feeling and and like and bright you know while also dealing with you know really heavy emotional stuff you know and a lot of honesty so you know we we we're ready or we're going to begin recording you know about six songs for an ep release eminently and um yeah so we're just excited to begin the process but yeah we've we've had a lot of help from different people, you know, who we've come across and, you know, we're just, I think we're excited about, you know, the possibilities of collaboration and, 
you know, also just being, being realistic about, about building something that's, you know, a sustainable source of income and livelihood for everyone. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm also really big on like not putting a limit on how, you know, how accessible or, or, you know, um, yeah, just, just how big the scope of it can be, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'm feeling a lot more like open than I have been recently. So, um, yeah, I think before I was, I was pretty close minded and kind of had an intellectual idea of like how I was going to achieve just sort of this baseline of what I was comfortable with. And, you know, I'm kind of letting that go and realizing I can, you know, I'll always have a project I can do myself, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'm kind of welcoming the challenges of, of interacting with everyone on a personal level and, mm -hmm. and a creative level and having all that mix and, you know, have the, have a project that's more than the sum of its parts. Right. It's very cool. It's very exciting. And you guys, I don't know if um, I answered your question at all. No, it's, it's beautiful. Good, no, I just wanted cool you to right talk now. a little bit. No, it's really, really, really inspiring and really great. Um, I, uh, I mean, you guys are on the verge of doing something really, really amazing. You chose to, um, do this entire recording analog. So you guys, uh, got a, a 24 track tape machine and you are, you know, you're returning to the pure music, the real music. So you're very, very conscious, I think of tunings and of processes of recording and how it strips down the music. And so you've, you guys are taking the long way around, um, to make sure that you, um, can capture a certain level of music, you know, I mean, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we were lucky enough to have the opportunity to kind of pick whatever we wanted. And so we decided to, you know, go with that for a number of artistic reasons. Um, you know, I, we'll see if we can keep it all analog. That's the challenge. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously the objective is to make the best music possible. So, you know, we're not going to be purists and sacrifice that, but you know, we're, I think we're fairly confident that we can do it, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, a lot of the, but we also aren't elitist about it at all and, you know, love a ton of music that's made with computers and yeah, mm -hmm. it's all great. It's just, you know, different color, a different workflow and, you know, I think especially for a band, you know, to just be kind of present in the room and have it be more of an organic process is, is helpful and kind of just to keep that, um, just, yeah, just retain that quality of kind of what's happening in the room between everyone. Well, you know, but we still want to, you know, kind of push the sonic limits and really make something that's exploratory and interesting and, and find creative ways to you know, bring what people have been able to do digitally, you know, back into analog. And, you know, we're definitely very forward looking and not, you know, mm. this isn't a revivalist thing <laughs> right. at all. Like we're not, we, you know, none of us have like retro roasted nostalgia glasses on. Right. You know, like it's forward thinking. Yeah. Very forward thinking. Right. So, I mean, or yeah, yeah we aspire cool. to be so, um, so because my, my show and my podcast is called divine through line and because your mother is Srimati, um, I wanted to just talk to you a little bit about how you feel the spiritual aspects of our life and the practices that we do together as a, as musicians, as mother and son, as communal tribe members, how those, um, have been either supportive or, um, transformative for you and, uh, and what about it do you find to be, um, uh, important to you? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely been a huge, huge, huge part of what we're doing. Um, you know, it's all, 
it all boils down to that ultimately. So, I mean, this is all kind of like surface level details, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, you know, I mean, music is at least part of it, you know, the, the intellectual part of it, it's like an emotional reaction to your life, you know, and your life experiences. But, um, when you kind of just consider that, um, you know, as some people believe that there's, you know, spiritual, um, you know, not manipulations, but forces behind things that occur in your life and, you know, that you, that you have been put in a certain place at a certain time, then really you're reacting to kind of this larger web of everything. And that's kind of a nice perspective to have that, you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't just a thing that my ego made. I didn't, you know, I'm not like solely responsible for the music because I'm not responsible for pretty much, you know, for many events in, in my life and just the way that it unfolds, you know, like I need something to react to. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, as well as the fact that music just, it just feels, yeah, it doesn't always feel like it's, you know, like I'm, like you're thinking of a melody necessarily. Sometimes stuff just flows through you and it just, mm -hmm. it feels very elusive. You know, mm -hmm. I can't really place where it comes from. And, and then, you know, also definitely because, you know, at least for myself, you know, and, and definitely with other members of the band, you know, there's a lot of, you know, emotional, you know, not baggage, but just stuff that everyone is dealing with, you know, from not so easy life experiences. Um, you know, I, st I still feel very grateful and privileged, but, you know, everything's relative. So, um, you know, to have kind of a, a coming together, you know, like we, we kind of meet a lot and, yeah, so and talk through stuff and meditate. And, mm -hmm. and that's a huge part of, you know, keeping the personal side of, of, you know, the band, you know, humming along nicely and just having everyone moving towards feeling better and healing as opposed to regressing and, you know, spiraling down into something, you know, and since we're all, you know, I think musicians by nature, a lot of them are, we're all very emotional, emotionally based and can kind of like take something and just run with it. And then we're lost. So to have something to come back to is, is, is really great. And, you know, I know even for, for, you know, for myself, surely, but, um, you know, even some other members of her family who really have a lot of stuff to work through. Mm. Um, yeah, it's huge. Mm -hmm. it's huge. It's huge. So what we do is, um, we, we sort of form this music collective. So we meet, we try to meet once a week, um, and we, uh, pour tea ceremony, but, uh, we also do a visualization and a healing. And then it's sort of a circle where we go around and everybody sort of shares where they're at. Um, and, uh, we communicate, you know, our feelings, what we're grateful for, what we're struggling with, um, what are our, like, what are our, um, um, sort of intuition and feelings about the greater picture of things. Um, and then sometimes we even have, um, usually at a later date, a, a more mechanics type meeting so that we can keep sort of everyone on the, on the same page. But these kind of meetings, um, they have been transformative in our lives, um, individually as musicians, as fellow bandmates, and then also as mother and son and nephew and um, community members. Um, so, and it, it's, uh, it's simply taking the time and having everybody willing to sit down and communicate. 
And now, you know, when, when I'm traveling with Rich and I miss, you know, I'm not here, you guys are like, you know, mom, (laughs) no, we need to meet, you know? So, and we are trying to also, we practice yoga together, um, you know, as much as we can. Uh, And we're noticing as also, as we start to express more and more and more in our life, how much the spiritual practice is required as the foundation. And so, um, so talk to me a little bit about your experience with food, with um, uh, eating a vegan diet and kind of your, your exploration and, and how it was for you as a child to come into this way of eating and how you feel about it. What, how do you feel it's impacted your, your art and you, you personally? Well, um, you know, definitely as a, as a child, you know, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty natural, you know, I, at least to make a vegetarian step, um, you know, for obvious reasons, I think before we're desensitized, there's kind of an innate compassion in in everyone. And, you know, I definitely, I felt that and luckily, luckily enough had, had support, um, to kind of act on that, um, and, you know, and then also kind of moving, you know, moving on in our whole transformation. I mean, that's been talked about a lot elsewhere, but, um, you know, I mean, it's been huge. I think, I think the biggest emotional core of it is just, you know, that, you know, kind of seeing these, these two halves because, um, you know, with, with you and Rich at living like such a healthy lifestyle and then going over to my dad's and it being, you know, more conventional and he ended up passing away from, you know, heart disease related complications. And, you know, I think that really put it in perspective for me in terms of that, um, you know, your health kind of, you know, extends beyond yourself. It's not even really about you. Sometimes it's, you know, it, it, it affects your ability to be present for people that, you know, need you and care about you. So, Um, I think, I think for me, the reason why I, you know, stand behind it so much is that, you know, I want, I want everyone to be able to, you know, obviously freak accidents, uh, notwithstanding, you know, be present for the people they care about and just, you know, for families to have as much time together. And, you know, that's, that's really the most important part of it for me, I think, you know, and the environmental concerns as well. But yeah, I mean, just the fact that Rich, you know, had a, had two roads he could have gone down and, you know, instead of kind of descending more into being unhealthy and, you know, possibly having some health problems right around now, um, you know, he's in great shape. He's able to be, you know, an active father for Mathis and Jaya and big part of all of our lives and, you know, and just in a really like energetic way and vibrant way. And that's, and that's huge. That's really impactful. Um, you know, and then, you know, for me personally, like I, you know, I'm definitely having this recurring thing coming up of trying to fortify and, and like be hardy. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty like underweight for someone my age, which could be, you know, which is body type, you know, of course, but there's definitely like, I'm kind of in a little exploration of that right now. Like, how am I going to fortify myself right now? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what the answer is. I've been kind of, you know, trying different stuff and, and, uh, yeah. So I, I think for me, it's about like refinement. Like there's always another level. So, you know, up until now I've been eating really clean and I don't, you know, I don't have a lot of like junk in my system. I don't have really any, but, um, 
yeah, and then I, you know, but then there's like nourishing and, you know, getting everything to work in harmony, which kind of goes, you know, even beyond just, just what are you eating, but how are you eating it and in what configurations. So that's just kind of another level I'm exploring now. Mm-hmm. But, and you're also using, you're working with, uh, with our friend Colin actually from Living yeah. Tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're working on constitution stuff like through acupuncture or that kind of stuff yeah 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 yeah. through you know different chinese medicine stuff they they're not vegan so you know there's a little bit of like Mm -hmm. trying to figure out workarounds so we're still seeing how it's going really excuse me but you're not eating any you're not you're vegan you're living vegan right yeah i'm living vegan exactly for the time being yeah and uh yeah so i mean i'm just i'm you know unless it really comes down to it i plan to stick with it um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's, I, on the one hand, it's a good opportunity to figure out a solution to this problem for other people mm-hmm. that might be having the same thing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really healthy, clean way to eat and, you know, it, it establishes a great baseline and, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely not like a magic bullet. Like there's still, we all still have stuff that we're working on. You know, there's always another level mm-hmm. to go through and refine and purify. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's just been, like, you know, my own challenge because I'm the only person in the family that has, like, kind of that mm-hmm. that body type, so everyone else is pretty well Right, I know. And my grandfather had that exact body type, and my brother has the exact body type. I know, so we'll yeah. see. I mean, I, I love it that, you know, you're, you're... I always say you're, like, the most conscious family member because you're my, you're my conscience because you will point out if something's not sustainable or something's not really vegan or there's, you know, milk product hidden somewhere. Um, but I think it's great that you're going through this whole process and learning, discovering yourself and paying attention and and going for it. I mean, I see you as very healthy and vibrant and strong and you're, you're very thin and you may just be very thin your whole life because that's how God made you. But we'll, you know, we'll see. Yeah. You know, I think it's, I think it's more just like a feeling than anything, Mm -hmm. you know, just wanting to feel grounded and like rooted in your body instead of, you know, I feel kind of airy sometimes. Um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just been like an exploration challenge. So anyway, so just really recent, uh, recently you went on a trip to, uh, Ecuador and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. Um, see if you share some of your, um, experience there and, uh, what are, what, what are you, what are the things you came back with, um, after traveling, um, so you went with, actually, you went down with Leia with your girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. I went down with my girlfriend who's been living there for two months now and she's another month left. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we just, we went down and, uh, yeah, we had a, we had a really good time. It was a really interesting trip. Um, so yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, we had, we had like a lot of very contrasting experiences. It was like, it was a trip full of dichotomy and extremes so you know we we were partly in like you know unbelievably beautiful nature and and you know gorgeous hotels and then um kind of in the middle we just went and stayed with some friends of hers uh and uh her friend's boyfriend uh his family was celebrating uh dia de los muertos so Mm -hmm. we went to his like village where he's from or the town and stayed there and it was really awesome eye-opening experience uh the sweetest people i've ever met just about um, amazing incredible uh beautiful tradition um yeah it was it was really beautiful and it and it also just makes me really appreciative of 
I mean, we're sitting in like a ridiculous home in in, in Calabasas in Malibu. I mean, you know, it's it's definitely a privilege bubble for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, this whole city is, you know, all of Los Angeles, but yeah, I mean, just being down there, like we just, there's a bunch of little things that you don't really appreciate on a day-to-day basis, like street cleaning and, you know, uh, car, you know, exhaust regulations on cars so they don't just spew black smoke in your face when you drive by, you know, they drive by or, you know, garbage pickup service instead of burning your trash. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, just little things like that. It's a concept. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you know, it's a less developed country, um, you know, but those are good developments that just, you know, are public safety, public interest, you know, Mm -hmm. just important things. And, um, you know, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was wonderful to be there though. And there's definitely like this kind of, you know, uh, fight between trying to retain traditional values and customs and, and preserve nature and then also develop. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, you know, I know, I know Leia is really interested in finding out, you know, a sustainable way to do that and to protect what needs to be protected, Mm -hmm. um, community wise. So she's really passionate about, all the indigenous communities there and has been doing a lot of photography and volunteer work with them, mm-hmm. which is really amazing and inspiring, you know, cause I, I just make music. So <laughs> I, beautiful I'm excited. Music. I'm excited to, well, but it's, you know, it definitely brings up an opportunity of like, there's a lot of tie in opportunities or ways to, you know, make what you're doing kind of resonate out in a positive way. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, so anyway, it gives me a lot to think about just in terms of places to visit, you know, musically and, and, you know, cultures to interact did you, with. And... Did you come back playing the pan flute? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> not good. I'm not good enough. I, not I can good. get like a, I can get like a good note. No, I almost bought like this mandolin that they make down there. That's really cool. But, um, That's cool. I had too many bags, so. That's good. Or it would have been hard to lug it back. And so anyway, so something else really exciting is happening. I'm finally getting, uh, God is giving me my uh, manifestation of the commune that I have dreamed about for so many years. And I thought I was going to set it up over around homeschooling and around this community of of children and parents. And I failed um, two times greatly. Uh, And so I kind of just let it go for the moment. And... um, and now it seems that my commune is setting up around me with uh, some very, very dear individuals that are all extraordinary human beings. And one of those is Leia, who uh, she's coming back here actually in four weeks. And uh, you guys are going to raise a teepee on the land. Yeah. Yeah, we are. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's <laughs> really cool. Yeah, so it's cool. So we have, uh, so actually when Rich and I built this this home, we actually, at one point we had two teepees and then we had uh, an Airstream after that, a teepee and an Airstream. And you guys were probably seven and eight or something like that at that time, seven, eight, nine. And we were building the house. So you had the experience of a child of living in a teepee down there. And now the teepees have been gone for years. And um, and you you guys FaceTime me last month when you were in Ecuador and you said, Hey mom, you know, what do you think about if we bring the teepees back? And of course, um, no one would be more excited about that than I am. So it's going to be fun. Um, we're, uh, we're actually setting up some, Leia's actually going to uh, come in and, uh, establish gardens. So we're going to actually be growing our own food. Leia has a degree from Soka university. She was the head of the garden club there. And what is her degree in, uh, 
permaculture um, or it's liberal arts but with a focus on environmental studies mm -hmm. and then she's certifications for permaculture and eco village design yeah so it's cool so anyway so Leah's going to come back and and uh we're going to get some of that stuff started which will be amazing for me as a chef to be um, cooking out of the garden and for us also as a community to be, to be growing our own food and then Andrew our resident artist uh is a designing a mini container village in his area of the property uh so we're going to have some cool art studios and um rich roll is going to get a casey neistat type-esque office uh back there and you guys um, possibly have a, an extra room for a different musicians who come here to record to stay in um, so it's a super exciting time brad's trying to figure out how he can get into the commune that's the big question so um, and you're, you're, you have a very good chance of getting in Bradley. <laughs> so anyway, it's very, very exciting time. And, you know, I would just say that from a mother to a son and to experience life at this level has been one of the greatest, maybe the greatest gift of my life. I always say that my children are my greatest gurus and have been, and, you know, my experience with them, with you and with Trapper and with uh, Mathis and with Jaya and also now with Harrison, who I consider a son of mine as well, my nephew. Um, you know, you guys have made my life so meaningful by agreeing to um, live with me in such an open, intimate and real way. And uh, the fact that you've come along with me when I've uh, you know, been going on meditation retreats or when I've brought different gurus to the house or when I've, you know, changed the cooking style in the kitchen. And I really feel like you guys always loved me and accepted me for how I was. And you believed in me. Um, the beauty of a child to a mother is that you guys believed in me when no one else did. And, um, you know, I feel privileged beyond um, that I was able to become an, a musician alongside of you, that as you and Trapper grew into musicians, I actually got to express something that I wanted to do deeply and in my heart since I was very, very young. And to see you guys now on the cusp of recording your own music, um, also with the knowledge that I have of a, being a musician myself and a songwriter, knowing that the, the quality of songs that you and Harrison have, the song you played here today is in my opinion, extremely, extraordinarily beautiful. It is so developed and in every way, lyrically, musically, in the emotion. And I know that that's, it's not like that's your hit. You guys have so many songs that are of that level. And all I can tell you is I can't wait to see what your music um, does in the world and how many people it transforms and it touches because it is a truly, truly divine um, expression that you guys have allowed to come through you and you've honored it and you've served it and you've um, put in the time and you've put in the heart and uh, and uh, it's just, uh, it's, a, it's an immense joy. So I know uh, that... Um, you're not 
necessarily one to talk about the background of your music or why you wrote something. You're more just in the art. So um, thank you for coming on the podcast. And I, I hope that you'll come back on again and play some more music and share some more moments. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks, honey. Love you. Love you too. Namaste. Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode. I want to thank everyone who's supporting the show and downloading the episodes. It's truly inspiring and touches me deeply. So thank you so much for being a part of this. I also want to let you know that um, Tyler is offering uh, a download of his song on SoundCloud. So you can go there and uh, get a free download of Waiting Up. Also, uh, please check out our video this week of Held So Sweetly, a beautiful love song that I wrote for my gurus in my life. This is a track off my album Mother of Mine, and it was produced and arranged by Tyler Pyatt. In the video on YouTube, I'm performing it with my children and also my band, Trapper, Harrison, and Tyler. I hope you enjoy the episode and the song and the video. Namaste. If you're receiving some healing and you enjoyed the show, please do donate. And check out my tools of transformation at srimati.com. That's S-R-I-M-A-T-I dot com. You can also find me at srimati on Twitter and Instagram. Again, that's S-R-I-M-A-T-I. If you'd like to hear more of Tyler's music and connect with his band, check out his new Facebook page at Analemma Music, A-N-A-L-E-I-M-M-A Music. He's just uploaded a brand new song of his entitled Be Still. I hope you enjoy. Namaste.